welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Cole Hicks for League of Legends. You'll hear from all three composers from League of Legends in this episode, Cole Hicks, Brendan Williams, and Jason Walsh. League has expanded in so many ways since its initial launch in 2009. And in addition to the original MOBA game, there are newer games, Teamfight Tactics, that's an auto-battler that came out in 2019, Legends of Runeterra, that's a digital card game, it came out in 2020, and Wild Rift, which is a mobile game that's currently in beta as of early 2021. So tons of opportunities for music in League of Legends, even uh, before they expanded to include other games. There's just always been multiple opportunities for music in League. by the way. And yeah, we do have a lot of music that exists in the game, but we have a lot of experiences, musical experiences outside of the game too. And I think that a lot of this was um, created pretty early on, some really unique explorations like you know, login screens. Uh, we don't have them anymore, but initially they were a way to, as I understand it, because uh, this was before I got to Riot, it was a way to kind of add some more cool musical interest and uh, fun to that login screen so that uh, you get a little bit of thematic material, so it kind of matches the visuals, gets you excited to start playing the game. And then from that, it evolved a whole bunch because people started really enjoying the music uh, from that. And we started to do more and more of it and for individual champions, for different skin lines and things like that. And eventually there was an exploration in a music video, which was, I believe the first one was Jinx. That was the first music video that they had all tried out. Okay. And it ended up doing quite well and players really responded well to it. So it opened up a lot of doors. Um, so that we kind of can think of music not only in a way where we're trying to make it the game experience feel better, but asking ourselves, what else can we do with music to help the overall experience for League of Legends? And a lot of the times the answers were creating music outside of it that people can enjoy either outside of it or while they play. But that's been a really fun thing is trying to figure out all of these different avenues besides just in-game music that we can explore. Well, really, it's uh, this is Brendan. This really what's so cool about it is it's a way of both drawing in new players that maybe haven't heard of the game just because it speaks to them at a musical level and then intrigues them because it's attached to a character that then they realize has an interesting story. And so all these external game music pieces and and everything helps 
to kind of flesh out the world beyond the in-game experience. Yeah, and I mean, in that regard, too, there there must be just so much freedom in that feeling because, you know, as as you were saying, Cole, there's, you know, music videos, you have music for skins, and you have music for champions. There's just all this different need, all these different needs for music in the League uh, world. And, uh, I mean, that, that must be just kind of cool, but yet you're all writing for the same thing in the end, right? This is Cole. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, we're all writing essentially for the same world, the same game. So there is a certain amount of cohesiveness we try to keep. Um, this is something we actually all uh, talk about pretty frequently, is how we can have things connect to the world and what we've done before, but also allow us to push forward and explore things that maybe we haven't done before as well. Yeah, and, you know, I think about the the kind of spinoff projects like, you know, Jason, you've written the music for Teamfight Tactics Fates. Is that correct? This is Jason. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that was like a fairly new avenue for us too to to kind of go. I mean, we had like the galaxies before as one of the themes, and so this is kind of just like a new extension on that on that TFT stuff. And so we're always coming up with new ways to try to you know make space or or add lore and value to kind of the worlds we're building. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd I'd love to hear more about I guess um, kind of your each of your personal relationships with League before you even got to Riot because it's it's such a huge uh, world to kind of wrap your brain around and and I'm curious if you played it before you started working there or what was your exposure to the game before you started kind of sliding into that seat of writing for League of Legends you know uh, that's a great question uh, this is Cole by the way. And my first uh, experience with League of Legends was through some of my friends who had played, and they had uh, they'd been trying to convince me to play for a <laughs> long time, and I'd just been kind of busy with some other stuff. And I didn't end up playing it for a while, but they showed me some of the music and the music videos, like Jinx and everything. And I thought that was really, really cool, because here's a game studio that is doing certain things that I wasn't really expecting them to explore. Um, and it's outside of game content as well. And that was really, really cool to me and got me interested a little bit more in possibly playing it. And uh, I'm a huge fan now and play pretty frequently as much as I can. And before as well, I would play uh, a decent amount. But first experience was through some of my friends. Brendan, how about you? I first started getting into League because of the music, actually. Um, so I've been working as a freelancer about six years before I started here. And I think it was three or maybe four years ago, there was a composer opening position. And so I decided to just kind of, oh, I'd heard of League of Legends, but I had never really e explored it. And so I just started listening to the music and what blew my mind was the number of genres the composers wrote in and how yeah. uh, top tier the work was in like every every genre which can be really difficult to do a lot of times 
composers for games really excel at you know maybe orchestral music but if if you were to have them do a, a pop song or a metal song or something it wouldn't sound maybe quite at the same level and i just noticed when i was discovering riot games and and league of legends just how they explored so many different styles and everything was so well done so i was immediately just really interested in in, in working for them and so I actually applied about four years ago, and I, I think that may may have been the position Cole got. <laughs> 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 I, could, I, could, I could be wrong. I think, I think that maybe was the one. And just ever since then, I've been a, a close follower of, of the music in particular. As, as for mm-hmm. playing League, it's something, funnily enough, I haven't gotten into until I... Before, right before I started here. Um, yeah. My brother, though, uh, turns out has been a a league player since it was in beta. Uh, so he's oh, one of the, the longtime players. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason, how about you? Did you play much before you started at Riot? Or, or uh, were you just aware of the music? How about you? So yeah, my first experience with league was probably like late 2009. Uh, but oh, I, wow. I had played some like MOBA genre games earlier. You know, I played like the original Warcraft mods a bit. And okay. my close group of friends, we actually, you know, when this genre kind of became standalone games, um, played uh, Heroes of New Earth a, a good bit uh, for a couple years. But <laughs> I, I never really totally got on the league bandwagon just because by the time it started, you know, picking up in popularity, I was in college and and kind of focusing on other things. But I actually, as I got into actually working in the video game industry as a sound designer, I was doing um, work for Riot, you know, working on some champion skins externally. And then when um, when KDA came out was when I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta pay attention <laughs> to the music in this game because it's actually <laughs> incredible. And so from there, it was yeah. it was very much like a, a goal or you know any opportunity to get involved with the music on League would be incredible. So. Yeah, fortunate to be here, actually. So I'm going to actually stay with you, Jason, regarding something that Bre- uh, Brendan said um, it, about um, all the multiple genres. And uh, Jason, did you, did you write the PSYOPs theme? Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So you write the PSYOPs theme, which is this heavy, chill electronica that I love. But then the Teamfight Tactics music is like the opposite, right? about being able to move between those worlds and all three of you do it really well I know so uh, but let's go ahead and start with Jason I think you know in video games we have a lot of freedom to 
to in even in like other properties explore kind of these extremes and especially with my previous work this was something that you know i, I worked with a bunch of clients simultaneously so jumping back and forth was something that I, I kind of have gotten fairly good at, I, I hope. Mm. But um, <laughs> I, I think that there's just this uh, kind of open freedom that you get as a composer where I think a lot of people either really enjoy doing one type of thing for a long time or they love having absolute chaos and just doing tons of genres. I think mm. I probably fall a little more into the latter group of that, but uh, yeah, with TFT, it was actually directly after doing PsyOps. So it, it was a huge jump. But I think for me, that's that's kind of just a nice refresher. You know, I get to like clear my head, you know, open my palette up and start exploring all new sounds for a little bit. And, and I think it just really helps too with like coming up with, with really solid original ideas because you're not, you know, trying to recycle something in, in the same, you know, musical vein maybe. So, you know, I I personally really like getting to jump back and forth like that. And, you know, like there's no better project to get to do that than like the League uh, franchise just because of how diverse everything really is. Yeah. And Cole, for instance, you know, you've written a number of songs and I mean, they're so, so good. And uh, I mean, talk to me about songwriting for games and how... You know, for instance, how did True Damage, how did the concept of True Damage begin? And I, I'd, I'd love to hear you talk about uh, your work with with songs. Sure. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. I love working on a lot of different music, but songs definitely hold a special place. And to me, they mean um, a lot just because I did start off a little bit more, I guess, as a guitarist and songwriter um, when I was younger, uh, starting mm -hmm. off. And... Any opportunity I can in which it does make sense and work really well, I do like exploring that as a opportunity to write something. And each one is different. You know, sometimes it is just myself uh, writing the lyrics and doing the music and production. But other times, like on True Damage, we'll collaborate a lot because we want to make sure that whatever music we're creating is really authentic. So we're going to try to get as many you know, amazingly talented people as we can. People like Becky G, Kiki Palmer, Soyeon, Duckworth, and Thutmose. Uh, and in fact, we worked with Harlow as well to write, and Duckworth and Thutmose wrote their verses. Uh, we had some amazing collaborators like Lydia on the translation, and Benjamin that helped out for vocal production, and even Mike Bozzi to help uh, master the track. So it's one of those things where We'll experiment in the studio. I've produced a lot, you know, the instrumental. I'll have some melodic ideas, and then she'll have some ideas, sing some different things, write the lyrics, and then we'll collaborate with the artist a bit too. So it's a really collaborative experience. And that's what I love about music in general, but especially through fiddle songs. I want to come back to those in just a minute, but I definitely want to get Brendan in here too on this whole concept of going back and forth because I know Brendan, uh, you're quite the little metalhead, aren't you? Yet, you know, again, just obviously clearly adept at writing in, in so many different styles. So talk to me about uh, what it's like for you to kind of go uh, back and forth uh, on stuff like that. 
Well, for me, it's always been like a big part of how I experience music in, in general, going back into early high school where like I had a metal band with some friends, but then I was also in concert band and played in jazz band at school. And being able to explore different ways to express yourself through music has always just been one of the most exciting parts about music to me. So over time, that just got more and more exaggerated where, you know, simultaneously I was getting really into technical death metal while also getting really into Brazilian music and like studying with Brazilian experts at those styles. And then like over time, just gone through different phases, getting into different types of things. So for, for one, becoming a media composer initially was just a natural fit for me because like, like Jason was saying earlier, a lot of times that's just how it is. You're working for multiple clients doing totally different things at the same time. But yeah, then that's, what's really cool about now being here with Riot is that's even though we're working on one game, most of the time we are constantly jumping between different musical approaches. And Brendan, you're also, you're doing the music for Wild Rift. So tell us what Wild Rift is, because this is very cool. And uh, I'd love to hear you talk about adapting the music uh, for for mobile. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was my first task joining here, which is quite a a, a big responsibility. And uh, so for anyone who hasn't heard of it or, or doesn't know, Wild Rift is essentially the mobile version of League of Legends. That said, it's not just a, a port. It has to be totally reimagined to work in that format and thinking about how, how people on the go will play the game. So it's like quicker to play a full game and certain things function a little differently. Some things are simplified. Some things are just adapted because it works better playing with your hands a certain way. Hmm. And then that also kind of applies for music is where the music for the current music that's in in game for league of legends now was written i think maybe six years ago maybe five years ago something like that so obviously because so many people have been playing for so long it needed to feel really similar and we want those longtime league players to pick up and and play a game of wild rift and feel right at home but mm-hmm. at the same time, it does kind of need to have some new, fresh takes of, of certain things. And there's room to reimagine and try some new things. So, yeah, it was a it was a fun challenge. And right now, many people are already playing it because it's available in open beta in Southeast Asia, the Americas, Europe and the Middle East. this is kind of for anyone to jump in here. I'd, I'd love to hear you talk about sharing themes across titles and content, you know, um, using that main league theme, maybe in um, uh, TFT, for instance, or something, or uh, just kind of 
what that's like and using it in across different genres and such? Uh, that's a great question. Um, this is Cole. And actually, off of the TFT thing you had mentioned, that's a great example to talk about. So when we had initially written the music for TFT, we had an opportunity to take that TFT theme and reimagine it um, in kind of this big band style. And we worked with Rob Cher on that. Uh, and it really turned out into being something that was quite unique, where he had a lot of great ideas. And then at the very end, you get that full TFT theme that you would hear at the beginning of the game. Yeah, this is Jason. I can actually you know, add on to what Cole is saying a bit. I think also within, with the in-game music, there's a lot of opportunities for this, uh, just because, like Brendan had mentioned, there's kind of these familiarities that you want to, you know, let players experience and you know to let them know that they're comfortable at home in, in that kind of new environment you're introducing them to. So it's it's striking a balance in a lot of ways. And especially when you think of in-game music, there's multiple assets that you know make up that musical journey throughout the gameplay. And with TFT especially, you know, there's really clear uh, phases like when you're at the carousel at the beginning, there's you know a, a theme that plays that is kind of the introduction to that entire game for the for the players. And so you know keeping that memorable, really really clear and upfront, is a uh, is a big part of you know especially when you're writing a, a new variation of that theme to make sure that still sits there. And actually, Cole provided some pretty cool insights and documentation on you know how the TFT music was laid out, so that a lot of that would be that fundamental DNA of the music would still exist in whatever new stuff we write but yeah mm -hmm. it, you know i think it applies all the way down the line in some of the game modes too you know to having like little stingers or, or drum fills or kind of notification music for players to be able to quickly identify it so i think there there's a, a facet of striking balance in a lot of the music when we are like adapting melodies and themes to, to make sure you know it stays close enough to the original <laughs> that it's recognizable, <laughs> but far enough away that it's, you know, exciting and also, you know, engaging for, for listeners. Yeah, that makes me uh, real curious about the division of labor and how how that gets handed out because, you know, there, as we've said already, there's so many opportunities for music within just the global League of Legends brand. And I'm, I'm curious how, you know, as things come up, is it pretty easy to be like, oh, I think Jason is definitely the person to write this or, or how does that work out with, with you all? This is Cole. And I think for the most part, we we definitely pick projects in which we think we can excel at but the great thing about riot and the music team as well and why i really love being a part of it is there's also a lot of room for growth so maybe there's a certain sound or style that you've been really passionate about but 
haven't had as much of an opportunity to try something um, there. And that's something that uh, definitely we look at as well. It's been very true for myself, getting to try different things and sounds and styles that maybe if you had heard what I had done a couple years ago, you wouldn't think, oh yeah, Cole could probably do this. But I got the opportunity to try it, learn a lot from it, and get much better at it too. So that's something we take into consideration as well is growth Mm. for the team as well and kind of setting ourselves up for a future where everybody has their specialties and are really good at, you know, a handful of things, but ultimately taking on certain projects where we can grow and maybe even surprise ourselves in uh, what we can create. Yes, and, and, you know, just this whole thing that I keep bringing up about opportunity. I mean, the opportunity to create music for this world is unlike anything, uh, you know, that... I mean, I guess there are a lot of games that, that do have very broad <laughs> brands in that way, so I don't want to overstate, but it is uh, something that's unique, that's for sure, in the in the world of gaming, to have so many opportunities to attach music to content that has you know, only a tangential relation to the gameplay itself, right? I mean, that's that's just such a cool thing. I've I just keep digging deeper and deeper into this League of Legends rat hole and it's it's really amazing and fulfilling, you know, musically speaking. That's a that's a great point. Um there's so many unique things that we can write for uh that are in game but also outside of the game. And also this Cole uh I wanna do just reinforce what Jason said, probably the biggest strength of our team is the fact that we are a team and give each other feedback and share things all the time. And that really, really helps increase the quality of pieces that we create. And just for me personally, I've learned a ton from everybody on the team. And it just been very noticeable, my time prior to Riot versus time here, just how quickly I've grown just as a uh, musician, for sure. I wouldn't, you know, want to pigeonhole anyone, but I do think that there is kind of, uh, in general, I think there's a reliance on being like, oh, this person's very good at this thing. We should make sure they do that thing because it'll produce the best product. And I think like that's one of like the biggest differences that I've noticed with Riot in general is that they're super open to like, you know, pushing the envelope and and taking some of those creative risks. And I think it's better for it. Like, you know, that, that having that creative freedom and that opportunity to grow is almost essential to how we work as a music team. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, like, add to, to what Jason was saying and that, especially if, if you're working as a, a freelancer for companies, it's, it's, like, hard to get people on board with taking creative risks, like, like Jason was saying. But, like, big companies, you, you know, they... They know what's going to work and want to do what's tried and true a lot of times, um, even if there's a lot of freedom to explore within that. But Riot, one of the things that's just great about it being here is that they have a long history of allowing the composers to take creative risks. Because basically they that was done in the earlier days, like Cole was saying, with like the Jinx 
music video or when Pentacle was launched for the first time, or there are a number of other uh, examples of that, but those things kind of paved the way to, to say, okay, maybe we don't understand what you're doing, but we know it pays off. So like, let's, let's let these uh, composers like experiment a little bit and see what comes out of it and have room and time and space to, to try ideas that maybe don't work as well so that you can come up with something that really does work before you release anything. And that all feels kind of unusual for the media composing world. You know, one thing too. I mean, every year there's a new season, right? So you're pretty you're guaranteed that that every year you're going to be writing new music, correct? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's always <laughs> lots of music that needs to be written. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, some people who don't play league might not be familiar with that whole season concept because you're in your eleventh season right now. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And everybody get there's new champions, new skins, all kinds of new opportunities for new stuff every season, correct? Uh, there's, yeah, tons of opportunities for a variety of music things that we can explore. Uh, Brendan, I want to go back to you for a minute because uh, we we mentioned briefly at the beginning that you also worked on Legends of Runeterra, and that was before you officially started with Riot. And so I, I just, I've created this whole narrative for you in my head where you like applied for this job and you didn't, four years ago, you didn't get it and you're super bummed out, but then you just kept trying until you got there. Is that how that went? That's pretty true. Uh, so the way I ended up getting involved, interestingly enough, working as a external composer for Riot was not not because they had discovered my name when I applied the first time or because I was like persistent about knocking on people's doors or sending emails to them. So it wasn't because of anything like that. Um, but it's because I've as a freelancer, I've been really proactive about going to kind of all of the conferences and uh networking as much as possible. So I was based in Seattle um, until this year when I moved to join Riot. But I would come to Game SoundCon every year. Yeah. And so I actually got to know over a few years, got to know one of the previous composers here. And through that, he introduced me to another one of Riot's composers, uh, Sebastian. And Sebastian mm-hmm. was the, the lead composer on Legends of Runeterra. And he ended up reaching out to me for that because he thought I would be a good fit. And then for the role that I ended up getting, it didn't directly come from that either. There just was another opening. No one I knew at Riot even told me about it. So I just applied <laughs> like anyone else. And interestingly, through the application process, none of the people I talked to were people I already knew until the late stages of the process. So it kind of it worked out in, in an interesting way.
Yeah, no kidding. And both you, Brendan, and Jason starting jobs in what's a really messed up year. So uh, what has that been like? Have either of you even been to the studios yet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Jason. Yeah. Uh, the last time I was at Riot was also the first time I was at Riot, and it was for <laughs> my last interview. <laughs> um, you know, I got to enjoy one one day of lunch on the campus, and then uh, three months later, I started my job from home. Um, wow. It's been, a, it's been very interesting, for sure. I think at this point, you know, Brendan and I, having been doing this for six months, and, and Brendan for longer, just as a freelancer, I think we're fortunate in our industry to be pretty well adapted to this kind of work environment. Uh, but I've been told that I'm, I'm, I'm losing a lot of the, uh, the riot team dynamic and, and culture since we're not at like the super kick-ass campus we have. <laughs> right. How about you for, for you, Brendan, how has that felt uh, to, to start something new in such a difficult year? The, the most challenging part for me is, like I said, I lived in Seattle and, so I moved down here during the pandemic and can't do all of the typical things you would do when you, first of all, when you leave somewhere you've lived for a long time. My wife and I lived in Seattle for over 11 years. And so like no going away party or like seeing any of our friends and then yeah. just kind of like disappearing and then moving here and then not gathering with people after we get here. So that's been like the mm -hmm. kind of strangest and, and most challenging part. But kind of like Jason mentioned, it's overall felt similar to working as a freelancer, except it's like working with one super cool client and like the same the same <laughs> people on a on a regular basis. Sure. Instead of like constantly juggling things between a lot of different clients. But I'm certainly missing, like Jason said, too, the team dynamic. Um, I mean, there's a lot of team dynamic, but having sure. your room right next to someone's and being able to like physically like show each other things you're working on. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the day we get to do that. Cole, I guess from your perspective, having been there for a few years now, what has that been like from your standpoint where you're welcoming new members to a team that, you know, like Brendan's saying, you can't just pop into the office next door and say, hey, let's talk about how we want this to sound or what is this like? It's been really interesting going through uh, the whole experience. I think one of my favorite parts of being on campus at Riot was the possibility of, like Brendan said, knocking on someone's door, listening to what they're working on, showing what I'm doing to get feedback like immediately. And so far, it's actually been pretty smooth. Jason and Brendan have been great additions to the team, and we still have opportunities to share. It's just a little bit different than it would be on campus. Looking ahead to what's coming down the line for all of you, you know, Wild Rift will be coming out, I'm sure, 
you know, that's coming up for you, Brendan. Cole, I'm sure you're working on new songs. Jason, uh, what what are you? What have you got going on uh, these days? This is Jason. So you know, the first project I came uh, on doing was the Psyops skin line, and uh, I think the skin line is kind of a reintroduction of it's a new concept, but it's kind of a reintroduction of some of the of the other things musically that we've uh, shifted from. And and so I, I anticipate that there will be a lot more of. Uh, skin line themes and stuff coming in the future as well. And yeah, I guess round robin, uh, Brendan, what have what have you been up to uh, most recently, other than Wild Rift? Yeah, like Jason, I'm trying to figure out what how <laughs> what what we can or can't talk about. But um, one thing I've done a bit of since I've been here is also uh, outsourcing management. There's so much music that is needed that uh, we don't write all of the music for everything. So, mm-hmm. so I, I've done that for a handful of, of things already. One of which was a new champion called Samira. And that was an external composer named Andrea Bellucci who worked on that. And so that was a new and fun experience for me being an in-house composer where I got to conceptualize what I thought the music should be and then communicate that to the composer and help guide through the process and get the recording sessions sorted and figure out all the steps of the process to have that come to be. Speaking of which, while they were searching for the composers, like when Jason and I weren't here yet, Cole has had to do a lot of that. He's <laughs> so he's okay. He is a, a hard working fellow. <laughs> <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of stuff I, I saw that he was working on when I started here just kind of made my jaw drop. <laughs> yeah. I did mention earlier I wanted to come back to these songs uh, because Brendan mentioned getting performers and uh, I'm kind of curious how all three of you work with live musicians and um, you know because when you listen to early the early early league music clearly there's very little of that going on and now there's a lot more but also now samples are way 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 better so talk to me a little bit about you know when you're hiring performers and i know you've hired the cellist cameron stone and he's played on a bunch of songs and then you've got vocalists like jasmine clark and then of course all the people that you mentioned from true damage so i'd just love to hear you talk about that sure as i had mentioned before one of my favorite parts is collaborating with a whole bunch of different talented musicians and artists and i think it depends on the project uh, some may not really require uh, working with an additional musician or a singer. Others, though, definitely need it. I am certainly on the side of the fence that kind of prefers as much as possible working with other musicians and really talented artists. So it really does depend on the project. There are a lot of wonderful soloists that even if we can't maybe record an entire section, we'll hire uh, them to really add a lot of life 
to a piece and I love doing that. In fact, that's kind of one of my more favorite things is I really love the sound of individual performers and soloists and making it work in an ensemble sound, but there's so much nuance in life in an individual performance that kind of having that as a featured thing, I've kind of started to realize, I think maybe someone pointed it out too, it's something I like doing. So that's something very frequently I like to look into. And similar goes with uh, singers that we work with as well. Another one of the, the great parts of, about being here is that we get those opportunities to collaborate both with like external collaborators, but also just working with live musicians and uh, whether it's orchestra or uh, featured soloists and anything else. But mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I, I found interesting when I first started working with Riot, I noticed as a, as a freelancer, but more so now being internal is that whenever we we choose to have a live recording it's it's a very as you mentioned samples are so good so it's not it's not just oh obviously this all needs to be live it it really depends mm -hmm. more on what kind of music you're writing like and is this the featured things you're going to be listening to really going to demands that it has more of that live character or in some cases we make the conscious choice maybe not to because we're going for a different type of sound basically so yeah what's what's interesting i think from my perspective as a freelancer is it's like oh if you have the budget you're going to go for live orchestra every time but sometimes it's actually pre preferable to just get like a one soloist and your samples for certain types of things, depending on, on what you're writing or for other things you you're going to need that whole live orchestra on a big space. And other times you plan from the start that you're going to layer in a few soloists with your mock-up because you kind of want certain qualities from both of those. But yeah, I think just as a, as a freelancer, I think my perspective was, like, you know, we're doing these mock-ups just because we can't afford to work with orchestra, but it's really more of a creative decision because you can get really interesting or compelling results both ways, depending on what you're after. And then, of course, like you mentioned earlier, PSYOPs that Jason worked on, that's the kind of thing that uh, when you have someone like Jason on the team, you don't really need any anyone else because... Right. All, the, all the synths to sound uh, amazing on his own. Well, thank no. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is Jason. I, I kind of just touching on what Brendan was saying. I think also there's a, a pretty interesting dynamic in how we work with live musicians, or you know, aside from kind of the creative aspect, or like what the music you know that we're writing the intention or what the demands are of the music. <laughs>
fact, I'd love to know um, a little more about each of your backgrounds, uh, just briefly, if you would. Sure. Yeah, this is Cole. Um, I had initially started off, and I still am, but uh, started off being pretty much a rock guitarist. Uh, you know, Led Zeppelin, that was and is my favorite band. And I tried to play as well as Jimmy Page, didn't really get there, but um, <laughs> still love, love that. And it influenced me to look into music even more. But I also had some really great opportunities to go to the uh, Indiana University School of Music and study a bit there, mm. which is a little bit more traditional classical conservatory and yes. learned a lot. And that was really, really beneficial. Studied also at Musicians Institute, which was a little bit more back to my guitar roots, but a way different approach than um, I would have before. At Indiana, what did you? What instrument were you uh, majoring on then? So at IU, I had I pretty much took just a a wide variety of classes that really interested me. Classical guitar, nylon string guitar, was kind of my foundation instrument, but composition was like the core. And this was before I believe now they have a media composition program, but at the time they did not. So it was just the traditional composition, more if you were going to you know, write something for uh, performance in concert halls and such. And mm -hmm. that was great. I learned a lot and I learned a lot about different artists and composers, which opened up my mind to what music could be outside of what I had listened to it before. And, and it kind of evolved from there, studied more at Musicians Institute. And throughout all of this, I've always loved pretty much three things my entire life. And this is what my mom would say. She said, I'd either be playing sports I'd be playing video games or I'd be playing music. Those are the three <laughs> things that I just always have done and kind of still do. <laughs> so that's always kind of played into it. And Riot ended up being kind of the perfect fit because of our esports. It's a video game and I'm getting to write music for it. <laughs> and all of those different influences, I think, certainly help get to that point. Brendan, how about you? Yeah, uh, so I alluded a little to this earlier, but kind of I, when I first started really getting into music was toward the end of middle school. I, I started playing guitar, but then really in high school where I was in like every possible music thing that was in my school. It was like concert band, pep band, jazz band. There was a female jazz choir that I played guitar in for, for and there was also a Dixieland nice. band that I played in. So I mainly was I played saxophone and guitar depending on what I was in. Um, okay. And and then on the side, I first that's when I started writing music with with my first band. So then going into college, I decided to pursue composition, and I went to Cornish College of the Arts, and I really got more into the jazz side of things. And like for my senior project, I did big band music. Nice kind of more modern fusion-y big band stuff. And yeah, I got a lot really into fusion. And toward the end of college, I started getting back into metal because I kind of stopped that. And I, I started a, a, a band called A Sense of Gravity. And then after that, I, I had a year in between college and then my master's where I was doing a non-music job. And I realized I'd learned all these skills and 
you know, I'd learned a lot about composing, but I had no idea how to make a living. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> and I was like, well, what, what am I interested? Because I, I was so focused on just being, I don't know, a good composer that I hadn't really thought about what I should be writing for. Like what, what mm. who would pay me to write music that I would enjoy? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I've always loved film and game music, but I had never looked into those worlds at all. And I was, oh, wow. I was, I was very much a notation composer at the time. So then I decided to go back huh. to school and I went to the Seattle Film Institute's Pacific Northwest Film Scoring Program and got a master's degree in, in film scoring. So from there, I started working as a freelancer right away or trying uh, and it gradually <laughs> started working out and I pretty quickly started focusing more on games and it just turned out Seattle was a good place to be for that for me. Jason, how about you? I, from what I understand, you're are you a Minnesota boy? Oh, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Plymouth, so just outside Minneapolis. Okay, yep, so, yep. Yeah, it, I grew up listening to uh, uh, Jazz '88 in my dad's car all the time. Um, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and, and he he would only listen to jazz, and my mom would only listen to classical. Like, you know. Oh, how funny! So yeah, I I I grew up in that ecosystem my whole life pretty much music focused in a lot of ways. You know, I, I'm, I'm the youngest of three older brothers. So in my parents' mind, I think there's a lot of, you know, we do art, music, and sports. You know, you got you to gotta choose one. And so I kind of always uh, was on the music track, I think. You know, I did piano when I was really young, played trumpet in band. And you know, I just remember doing my first piano recital being extremely enticed by a drum set at a Schmidt music store. And as <laughs> soon as I was allowed to play drums, I switched over to playing drums because my parents oh, wow. said I'd be a very loud and obnoxious child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I kind of did the whole gambit. I was in band, choir, you know, did the, the Armstrong Chamber Singers thing. And uh, in high school, I, I started getting really into playing in bands. I think like most adolescent composers uh, these days. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I also had my huge metal phase i'm definitely still metal phase it never went away but he just got an eight string guitar so yeah. it's coming, making it come back. <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah exactly um always room to gent but yeah I, I played drums in like a lot of bands try to get that stuff off off the ground and you know the minnesota music scene was always kind of interesting it, it seemed super metal for a while and it was super pop for a while so mm -hmm. i ended up kind of trying to find ways to get our music out there. And it got me a lot more into the recording arts of, of everything. And I ended up going to Berklee College of Music for, uh, my principal instrument was voice, but I, I went there solely to become like a, a producer or like a mix engineer or, you know, whatever I can do oh, wow. this kind of idealized thing as like an 18 year old, not really understanding how the industry worked. As soon as I finished that degree, I, kind of on a whim moved out to LA and I was I was doing a lot of work with with some friends and artists initially 
doing a lot of mix work and you know kind of helping produce their EPs and albums. And that, that that slowly transformed into me just working in some some different mediums. You know, I always kind of prided myself on having like an ear to do you know sound alike ish work or you know being flexible mm. and, and trying to mimic other styles. And so mm-hmm. that kind of led me down the rabbit hole of of film and film music and, and cinematic music. And, uh, you know, kind of after my educational phase, I, I had a lot of free time to get back into video games uh, and kind of realize that there's just a ton of incredible music in video games and found my way into the video game industry by means of uh, kind of being a sound designer. You know, it's kind of just been this really windy, interesting narrative. You know, I wanted to be a, a rock star and then I wanted to record my own <laughs> music because I couldn't afford a recording studio and then I went to school for it. And then I ended up becoming a composer instead of a producer, like <laughs> all over the place. But being in LA, I definitely miss the winter. <laughs> you lie. No, I, Don't. I, I, I love snow. <laughs> I will gladly take four seasons back, please. team at Riot, there's a really, like, we are very fortunate in many ways and able to work with each other. And it's a really large team. It's us, uh, the composers, but there's also other people. And I definitely want to give them a shout out to those at Riot Music Group and the other people that help us bring these projects to life. A huge effort from everyone, even those like when we're working on music videos, all of the video team and everyone there. And making sure that this all, you know, comes together because ultimately we're trying to create something that we love, but it's hopefully resonant to all of our players as well. It's something that, you know, we're trying to create these experiences for them and keep, you know, them in mind every step of the way and creating something that hopefully is special or means something unique to them. And It's just a huge collaborative process, so I wanted to give a shout out to the rest of the teams that we're fortunate to work with. Yeah, Brendan here. Just wanted to say thanks so much for having us here. I've I've listened to your interviews for years, so it's it's great to get to talk to you. And I'm also just really, really grateful to have been invited to be on the amazing team here. Like You're talking to the the three of us who are on the, the league team, but there are other composers at Riot. And everyone here is just so inspiring. And like Cole mentioned, not just the composers, but like the whole audio team, the teams behind like making the games and the videos. There's just so many people doing so much hard work and it's just really inspiring to get to work with such amazing people. So thank you. Yeah, Jason here. Yeah, thanks for having us on the show. Uh, I definitely am kind of new to this kind of uh, interview process. So <laughs> this has been <laughs> fun. Uh, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, kind of just echoing what Cole and, and Brendan said, there is just a crazy amount of talent. And like even only having been here for, you know, what, six months at this point, <laughs> I've already experienced a ton of personal growth and, you know, musical experiences that I wouldn't imagine myself having. And so 
I, I can't, especially for Brendan and I, I think we're just at a super lucky to be joining Riot at this time as they've started to kind of expand on, on their IP with, you know, Arcane and, and all these other cool things that, that are in the works. So I'm, I'm very excited. Just shout out to all the teams that provide, cre uh, you know, incredible creative direction and art <laughs> that absolutely in the case of, you know, PsyOps lent a ton of value mm. to me being able to, to write music like that too. And there's like a bunch of crazy Easter eggs in the music. So just thanks, thanks for having us on. <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode 147 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Cole Hicks, Brendan Williams, and Jason Walsh at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc. Hi, this is Christian from the A Sound Effect podcast. In our latest episode, you'll hear Sergio Diaz and Zach Sievers talk about their sound design and mixing work on Gold Lion winning feature film Nomadland. Check it out at asoundeffect.com forward slash podcast.